Chapter One of Pearl Maiden. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pearl Maiden by Henry Ryder Haggard. Chapter One The Prison at Caesarea. It was but two hours after midnight yet many were wakeful in caesarea on the syrian coast herod agrippa king of all palestine by grace of the romans now at the very apex of his power celebrated a festival in honour of the emperor claudius to which had flocked all the mightiest in the land and tens of thousands of the people the city was full of them their camps were set upon the sea beach and for miles around there was no room at the inns or in the private houses where guests slept upon the roofs the couches the floors and in the gardens the great town hummed like a hive of bees disturbed after sunset and though the louder sounds of revelling had died away parties of feasters many of them still crowned with fading roses passed along the streets shouting and singing to their lodgings as they went they discussed those of them who were sufficiently sober the incidents of the day's games in the great circus and offered or accepted odds upon the more exciting events of the morrow the captives in the prison that was set upon a little hill a frowning building of brown stone divided into courts and surrounded by a high wall and a ditch could hear the workmen at their labours in the amphitheatre below these sounds interested them since many of those who listened were doomed to take a leading part in the spectacle of this new day in the outer court for instance were a hundred men called malefactors for the most part jews convicted of various political offences these were to fight against twice their number of savage arabs of the desert taken in a frontier raid people whom to-day we should know as bedouins mounted and armed with swords and lances but wearing no mail the malefactor jews by way of compensation were to be protected with heavy armour and ample shields their combat was to last for twenty minutes by the sand-glass when unless they had shown cowardice those who were left alive of either party were to receive their freedom indeed by a kindly decree the king agrippa a man who did not seek unnecessary bloodshed contrary to custom even the wounded were to be spared that is if any would undertake the care of them under these circumstances since life is sweet all had determined to fight their best in another division of the great hall was collected a very different company there were not more than fifty or sixty of these so the wide arches of the surrounding cloisters gave them sufficient shelter and even privacy with the exception of eight or ten men all of them old or well on in middle age since the younger and more vigorous males had been carefully drafted to serve as gladiators this little band was made of women and a few children they belonged to the new sect called christians the followers of one jesus who according to report was crucified as a troublesome person by the governor pontius pilate a roman official who in due course had been banished to gaul where he was said to have committed suicide in his day pilate was unpopular in judea for he had taken the treasures of the temple at jerusalem to build waterworks causing a tumult in which many were killed now he was almost forgotten 
but very strangely the fame of this crucified demagogue jesus seemed to grow since there were many who made a kind of god of him preaching doctrines in his name that were contrary to the law and offensive to every sect of the jews pharisees sadducees zealots levites priests all called out against them all besought agrippa that he should be rid of them these apostates who profaned the land and proclaimed in the ears of a nation awaiting its messiah that heaven-born king who should break the roman yoke and make jerusalem the capital of the world that this messiah had come already in the guise of an itinerant preacher and perished with other malefactors by the death of shame wearied with their importunities the king listened like the cultivated romans with whom he associated agrippa had no real religion at jerusalem he embellished the temple and made offerings to jehovah at baratus he embellished the temple and made offerings there to jupiter he was all things to all men and to himself nothing but a voluptuous time-server as for these christians he never troubled himself about them why should he they were few and insignificant no single man of rank or wealth was to be found among them to persecute them was easy and it pleased the jews therefore he persecuted them one james a disciple of the crucified man called christ who had wandered about the country with him he seized and beheaded at jerusalem another called peter a powerful preacher he threw into prison and of their followers he slew many a few of these were given over to be stoned by the jews but the pick of the men were forced to fight as gladiators at baratus and elsewhere the women if young and beautiful were sold as slaves but if matrons or aged they were cast to the wild beasts in the circus such was the fate indeed that was reserved for these poor victims in the prison on this very day of the opening of our history after the gladiators had fought and the other games had been celebrated sixty christians it was announced old and useless men married women and young children whom nobody would buy were to be turned down in the great amphitheatre then thirty fierce lions with other savage beasts made ravenous by hunger and mad with the smell of blood were to be let loose among them even in this act of justice however agrippa suffered it to be seen that he was gentle-hearted since of his kindness he had decreed that any whom the lions refused to eat were to be given clothes a small sum of money and released to settle their differences with the jews as they might please such was the state of public feeling and morals in the roman world of that day that this spectacle of the feeding of starved beasts with live women and children whose crime was that they worshipped a crucified man and would offer sacrifice to no other god either in the temple or elsewhere was much looked forward to by the population of caesarea indeed great sums of money were ventured upon the event by means of what to-day would be called sweepstakes under the regulations of which he who drew the ticket marked with the exact number of those whom the lions left alive would take the first prize already some far-seeing gamblers who had drawn low numbers had bribed the soldiers and wardens to sprinkle the hair and garments of the christians with valerian water a decoction which was supposed to attract and excite the appetite of these great cats others whose tickets were high 
paid handsomely for the employment of artifices which need not be detailed calculated to induce the lion's aversion to the subject that had been treated the christian woman or child it will be observed who was to form the corpus vile of these ingenious experiments was not considered except indeed as the fisherman considers the mussel or the sandworm on his hook under an arch by themselves and not far from the great gateway where the guards their lances in hand could be seen pacing up and down sat two women the contrast in the appearance of this pair was very striking one who could not have been much more than twenty years of age was a jewess too thin-faced for beauty but with dark and lovely eyes and bearing in every limb and feature the stamp of noble blood she was rachel the widow of demas a greco-syrian and only child of the high-born jew benoni one of the richest merchants in tyre the other was a woman of remarkable aspect apparently about forty years of age she was a native of the coasts of libya where she had been kidnapped as a girl by jewish traders and by them passed on to phoenicians who sold her upon the slave market of tyre in fact she was a high-bred arab without any admixture of negro blood as was shown by her copper-coloured skin prominent cheekbones her straight black abundant hair and untamed flashing eyes in frame she was tall and spare very agile and full of grace in every movement her face was fierce and hard even in her present dreadful plight she showed no fear only when she looked at the lady by her side it grew anxious and tender she was called nehushta a name which benoni had given her when many years ago he bought her upon the market-place in hebrew nehushta means copper and this new slave was copper-coloured in her native land however she had another name new and by this name she was known to her dead mistress the wife of benoni and to his daughter rachel whom she had nursed from childhood the moon shone very brightly in a clear sky and by the light of it an observer had there been any to observe where all were so occupied with their own urgent affairs could have watched every movement and expression of these women rachel seated on the ground was rocking herself to and fro her face hidden in her hands and praying nehushta knelt at her side resting the weight of her body on her heels as only an eastern can and stared sullenly at nothingness presently rachel dropping her hands looked at the tender sky and sighed our last night on earth knew she said sadly it is strange to think that we shall never again see the moon floating above us why not mistress if all that we have been taught is true we shall see that moon or others for ever and ever and if it is not true then neither light nor darkness will trouble us any more however for my own part i don't mean that either of us should die to-morrow how can you prevent it new asked rachel with a faint smile lions are no respecters of persons yet mistress i think that they will respect my person and yours too for my sake what do you mean new i mean that i do not fear the lions 
they are country folk of mine and roared round my cradle the chief my father was called master of lions in our country because he could tame them why when i was a little child i have fed them and they fawned upon us like dogs those lions are long dead new and the others will not remember i am not sure that they are dead at least blood will call to blood and their company will know the smell of the child of the master of lions whoever is eaten we shall escape i have no such hope new to-morrow we must die horribly that king agrippa may do honour to his master caesar if you think that mistress then let us die at once rather than be rent limb from limb to give pleasure to a stinking mob see i have poison hidden here in my hair let us drink of it and be done it is swift and painless nay new it would not be right i may lift no hand against my own life or if perchance i may i have to think of another life if you die the unborn child must die also to-night or to-morrow what does it matter sufficient to the day is the evil thereof who knows to-morrow agrippa may be dead not us and then the child might live it is in the hand of god let god decide lady answered nehushta setting her teeth for your sake i have become a christian yes and i believe but i tell you this while i live no lion's fangs shall tear that dear flesh of yours first if need be i will stab you there in the arena or if they take my knife from me then i will choke you or dash out your brains against the posts it may be a sin no take no such risk upon your soul my soul what do i care about my soul you are my soul your mother was kind to me the poor slave girl and when you were an infant i rocked you upon my breast i spread your bride bed and if need be to save you from worse things i will lay you dead before me and myself dead across your body then let god or satan i care not which deal with my soul at least i shall have done my best and died faithful you should not speak so sighed rachel but dear i know it is because you love me and i wish to die as easily as may be and to join my husband only if the child could have lived as i think all three of us would have dwelt together eternally nay not all three all four for you are well nigh as dear to me new as husband or as child that cannot be i do not wish that it should be who am but a slave-woman the dog beneath the table oh if i could save you then i would be glad to show them how this daughter of my father can bear their torments the libyan ceased grinding her teeth in impotent rage then suddenly she leant towards her mistress kissed her fiercely on the cheek and began to sob slow heavy sobs listen said rachel the lions are roaring in their dens yonder nehushta lifted her head and hearkened as a hunter hearkens in the desert true enough from near the great tower that ended the southern wall of the amphitheatre 
echoed short coughing notes and fierce whimperings to be followed presently by roar upon roar as lion after lion joined in that fearful music till the whole air shook with the volume of their voices aha cried a keeper at the gate not the roman soldier who marched to and fro unconcernedly but a jailer named rufus who was clad in a padded robe and armed with a great knife aha listen to them the pretty kittens don't be greedy little ones be patient to-night you will purr upon a full stomach nine of them muttered nehushta who had counted the roars all bearded and old royal beasts to hearken to them makes me young again yes yes i smell the desert and see the smoke rising from my father's tents as a child i hunted them now they will hunt me it is their hour give me air i faint gasped rachel sinking against her with a guttural exclamation of pity nehushta bent down placing her strong arms beneath the slender form of her young mistress and lifting her as though she were a child she carried her to the centre of the court where stood a fountain for before it was turned to the purposes of a jail once this place had been a palace here she set her mistress on the ground with her back against the stonework and dashed water in her face till presently she was herself again while rachel sat thus for the place was cool and pleasant and she could not sleep who must die that day a wicket-gate was opened and several persons men women and children were thrust through it into the court newcomers from tyre in a great hurry not to lose the lion's party cried the facetious warden of the gate pass in my christian friends pass in and eat your last supper according to your customs you will find it over there bread and wine in plenty eat my hungry friends eat before you are eaten and enter into heaven or the stomach of the lions an old woman the last of the party for she could not walk fast turned round and pointed at the buffoon with her staff blaspheme not you heathen dog she said or rather blaspheme on and go to your reward i anna who have the gift of prophecy tell you renegade who were a christian and therefore are doubly guilty that you have eaten your last meal on earth the man a half-bred syrian who had abandoned his faith for profit and now tormented those who were once his brethren uttered a furious curse and snatched a knife from his girdle you draw the knife so be it perish by the knife said anna then without heeding him further the old woman hobbled on after her companions leaving the man to slink away white to the lips with terror he had been a christian and knew something of anna and of this gift of prophecy the path of these strangers led them past the fountain where rachel and nehushta rose to greet them as they came peace be with you said rachel in the name of christ peace they answered and passed on towards the arches where the other captives were gathered last of all at some distance behind the rest came the white-haired woman leaning on her staff as she approached rachel turned to repeat her salutation 
then uttered a little cry and said mother anna do you not know me rachel the daughter of benoni rachel she answered starting alas child how came you here by the paths that we christians have to tread mother said rachel sadly but sit you are weary new help her anna nodded and slowly for her limbs were stiff sank down onto the steps of the fountain give me to drink child she said for i have been brought upon a mule from tyre and am athirst rachel made her hands into a cup for she had no other and held water to anna's lips which she drank greedily emptying them many times for this refreshment god be praised what said you the daughter of benoni a christian well even here and now for that god be praised also strange that i should not have heard of it but i have been in jerusalem these two years and was brought back to tyre last sabbath as a prisoner yes mother since then i have become both wife and widow whom did you marry child demas the merchant they killed him in the amphitheatre yonder at baratus six months ago and the poor woman began to sob i heard of his end replied anna it was a good and noble one and his soul rests in heaven he would not fight with the gladiators so he was beheaded by order of agrippa but cease weeping child and tell me your story we have little time for tears who perhaps soon will have done with them rachel dried her eyes it is short and sad she said demas and i met often and learned to love each other my father was no friend to him for they were rivals in trade but in those days knowing no better demas followed the faith of the jews therefore because he was rich my father consented to our marriage and they became partners in their business afterwards within a month indeed the apostles came to tyre and we attended their preaching at first because we were curious to learn the truth of this new faith against which my father railed for as you know he is of the strictest sect of the jews and then because our hearts were touched so in the end we believed and were baptized both on one night by the very hand of the brother of the lord the holy apostles departed blessing us before they went and demas who would play no double part told my father of what we had done oh mother it was awful to see he raved shouted and cursed us in his rage blaspheming him we worship more woe is me that i should have to tell it when we refused to become apostates he denounced us to the priests and the priests denounced us to the romans and we were seized and thrown into prison but my husband's wealth most of it except that which the priests and romans stole stayed with my father for many months we were held in prison here in caesarea then they took my husband to baratus to be trained as a gladiator and murdered him here i have stayed since with this beloved servant nehushta who also became a christian and shared our fate and now by the decree of agrippa it is my turn and hers to die to-day 
child you should not weep for that nay you should be glad who at once will find your husband and your saviour mother i am glad but you see my state it is for the child's sake i weep that now never will be born had it won life even for an hour all of us would have dwelt together in bliss until eternity but it cannot be it cannot be anna looked at her with her piercing eyes have you then also the gift of prophecy child who are so young a member of the church that you dare to say that this or that cannot be the future is in the hand of god king agrippa your father the romans the cruel jews those lions that roar yonder and we who are doomed to feed them are all in the hand of god and that which he wills shall befall and no other thing therefore let us praise him and rejoice and take no thought for the morrow unless it be to pray that we may die and go hence to our master rather than live on in doubts and terrors and tribulations you are right mother answered rachel and i will try to be brave whatever may befall but my state makes me feeble the spirit truly is willing but oh the flesh is weak listen they call us to partake of the sacrament of the lord our last on earth and rising she began to walk towards the arches nehushta stayed to help anna to her feet when she judged her mistress to be out of hearing she leaned down and whispered mother you have the gift it is known throughout the church tell me will the child be born the old woman fixed her eyes upon the heavens then answered slowly the child will be born and live out its life and i think that none of us are doomed to die this day by the jaws of lions though some of us may die in another fashion but i think also that your mistress goes very shortly to join her husband therefore it was that i showed her nothing of what came into my mind then it is best that i should die also and die i will wherefore because i go to wait upon my mistress nay nehushta answered anna sternly you stay to guard her child whereof when all these earthly things are done you must give account to her End of chapter one